File 4. How was Darnaway getting on? asked Payne a little later. When you went up. The priest passed a hand over his forehead. Don't tell me I'm getting psychic, he said with a sad smile. I believe I'm quite dazzled with daylight up in that room and couldn't see things straight. Honestly, I felt for a flash as if there was something uncanny about Darnaway's figure standing before that portrait. Oh, that's the lame leg, said Barnett promptly. We know all about that. Do you know, said Payne abruptly, but lowering his voice, I don't think we do know all about it or anything about it. What's the matter with his leg? What was the matter with his ancestor's leg? Oh, there's something about that in the book I was reading in there, in the family archives, said Wood. I'll fetch it for you. And he stepped into the library just beyond. I think, said Father Brown quietly, Mr. Payne must have some particular reason for asking that. I may as well blurt it out once and for all, said Payne, but in a yet lower voice. After all, there is a rational explanation. A man from anywhere might have made up to look like the portrait. What do we know about Darnaway? He is behaving rather oddly. The others were staring at him in a rather startled fashion, but the priest seemed to take it very calmly. I don't think the old portrait's ever been photographed, he said. That's why he wants to do it. I don't think the old portrait's ever been photographed, he said. That's why he wants to do it. I don't think there's anything odd about that. Quite an ordinary state of things, in fact, said Wood with a smile. He had just returned with the book in his hand, and even as he spoke there was a stir in the clockwork of the great dark clock behind him, and successive strokes thrilled through the room up to the number of seven. With the last stroke there came a crash from the floor above that shook the house like a thunderbolt and Father Brown was already two steps up the winding staircase before the sound had ceased. "'My God!' cried Payne involuntarily. "'He is alone up there.' "'Yes,' said Father Brown without turning, as he vanished up the stairway. "'We shall find him alone.' When the rest recovered from their first paralysis and ran helter-skelter up the stone steps and found their way to the new studio— it was true in that sense that they found him alone. They found him lying in a wreck of his tall camera, with its long splintered legs standing out grotesquely at three different angles, and Darnaway had fallen on top of it with one black crooked leg lying at a fourth angle along the floor. For the moment the dark heap looked as if it were entangled with some huge and horrible spider. Little more than a glance and a touch were needed to tell them that he was dead. Only the portrait stood untouched upon the easel, and one could fancy the smiling eyes shone. An hour afterwards Father Brown, in helping to calm the confusion of the stricken household, came upon the old steward muttering almost as mechanically as the clock had ticked and struck the terrible hour. Almost without hearing them, 
he knew what the muttered words must be. In the seventh air I shall return, in the seventh hour I shall depart. As he was about to say something soothing, the old man seemed suddenly to start awake and stiffen into anger. His mutterings changed to a fierce cry. You, he cried, you and your daylight, even you won't say now there is no doom for the Darnaways. My opinion about this is unchanged, said Father Brown mildly. Then, after a pause, he added, I hope you will observe poor Darnaway's last wish, and see the photograph is sent off. The photograph? cried the doctor sharply. What's the good of that? As a matter of fact, it's rather curious, for there isn't any photograph. It seems he never took it after all, after pottering about all day. Father Brown swung round sharply. Then take it yourselves, he said. Poor Dunaway was perfectly right. It's most important that the photograph should be taken. As all the visitors, the doctor, the priest, and the two artists trailed away in a black and dismal procession across the brown and yellow sands, they were at first more or less silent, rather as if they had been stunned. And certainly there had been something like a crack of thunder in a clear sky about the fulfilment of that forgotten superstition at the very time when they had most forgotten it. When the doctor and the priest had both filled their minds with rationalism as the photographer had filled his rooms with daylight. They might be as rationalistic as they liked, but in broad daylight the seventh air had returned, and in broad daylight at the seventh hour he had perished. I'm afraid everybody will always believe in the Dunaway superstition now said Martin Wood. "'I know one who won't,' said the doctor sharply. "'Why should I indulge in superstition because somebody else indulges in suicide?' "'You think poor Mr. Dunaway committed suicide?' asked the priest. "'I'm sure he committed suicide,' replied the doctor. "'It is possible,' agreed the other. He was quite alone up there, and he had a whole drugstore of poisons in the dark room. Besides, it's just the sort of thing that Darnaways do. You don't think there's anything in the fulfilment of the family curse? Yes, said the doctor. I believe in one family curse, and that is the family constitution. I told you it was heredity, and they are all half mad— if you stagnate and breed in and brood in your own swamp like that, you're bound to degenerate whether you like it or not. The laws of heredity can't be dodged. The truths of science can't be denied. The minds of the Darnaways are falling to pieces, as their blighted old sticks and stones are falling to pieces, eaten away by the sea and the salt air. Suicide? Of course he committed suicide. I dare say all the rest will commit suicide. Perhaps the best thing they could do. As the man of science spoke, there sprang suddenly and with startling clearness into Payne's memory the face of the daughter of the Darnaways, a tragic mask pale against an unfathomable blackness. 
but himself of a blinding and more than mortal beauty. He opened his mouth to speak and found himself speechless. I see, said Father Brown to the doctor. So you do believe in the superstition after all? What do you mean, believe in the superstition? I believe in the suicide as a matter of scientific necessity. Well, replied the priest, I don't see a pin to choose between your scientific superstition and the other magical superstition. They both seem to end in turning people into paralytics who can't move their own legs or arms or save their own lives or souls. The rhyme said it was the doom of the Dunaways to be killed, and the scientific textbook says it is the doom of the Dunaways to kill themselves. Both ways they seem to be slaves. But I thought you said you believed in rational views of these things, said Dr. Barnett. Don't you believe in heredity? I said I believed in daylight replied the priest in a loud and clear voice, and I won't choose between two tunnels of subterranean superstition that both end in the dark, and the proof of it is this, that you are all entirely in the dark about what really happened in that house. Do you mean about the suicide? asked Payne. I mean about the murder said Father Brown, and his voice, though only slightly lifted to a louder note, seemed somehow to resound over the whole shore. It was murder, but murder is of the will which God made free. What the others said at the moment in answer to it, Payne never knew, for the word had a rather curious effect on him stirring him like the blast of a trumpet and yet bringing him to a halt. He stood still in the middle of the sandy waste and let the others go on in front of him. He felt the blood crawling through all his veins and the sensation that is called the hair standing on end, and yet he felt a new and unnatural happiness, a psychological process too quick and too complicated for himself to follow had already reached a conclusion that he could not analyze. But the conclusion was one of relief. After standing still for a moment, he turned and went back slowly across the sands to the house of the Darnaways. He crossed the moat with a stride that shook the bridge, descended the stairs, and traversed the long rooms with a resounding tread, till he came to the place where Adelaide Darnaway sat haloed with the low light of the oval window, almost like some forgotten saint left behind in the land of death. She looked up, and an expression of wonder made her face yet more wonderful. "'What is it?' she said. "'Why have you come back?' "'I have come for the sleeping beauty.' he said in a tone that had the resonance of a laugh. This old house went to sleep long ago, as the doctor said, but it is silly for you to pretend to be old. Come up into the daylight and hear the truth. I have brought you a word. It is a terrible word, 
but it breaks the spell of your captivity. She did not understand a word he said, but something made her rise and let him lead her down the long hall and up the stairs and out under the evening sky. The ruins of a dead garden stretched toward the sea, and an old fountain with the figure of a triton green with rust remained poised there, pouring nothing out of a dried horn into an empty basin. He had often seen that desolate outline against the evening sky as he passed, and it had seemed to him a type of fallen fortunes in more ways than one. Before long, doubtless, those hollow fonts will be filled, but it would be with the pale green bitter waters of the sea, and the flowers would be drowned and strangled in seaweed. So he had told himself the daughter of the Darnaways might indeed be wedded. But she would be wedded to death, and a doom as deaf and ruthless as the sea. But now he laid a hand on the bronze triton that was like the hand of a giant, and shook it as if he meant to hurl it over like an idol or an evil god of the garden. "'What do you mean?' she asked steadily. "'What is the word that will set us free?' "'The word is murder,' he said, "'and the freedom it brings is as fresh as the flowers of spring. "'No, I do not mean I have murdered anybody.' But the fact that anybody can be murdered is itself good news after the evil dreams you have been living in. Don't you understand? In that dream of yours, everything that happened to you came from inside you. The doom of the Darnaways was stored up in the Darnaways. It unfolded itself like a horrible flower. There was no escape even by happy accident. It was all inevitable whether it was Vine and his old wives' tales, or Barnet and his new-fangled heredity. But this man who died was not the victim of a magic curse or an inherited madness. He was murdered, and for us that murder is simply, yes, requiescent in pace, but a happy accident. It is a ray of daylight, because it comes from outside." She suddenly smiled. Yes, I believe I understand. I suppose you are talking like a lunatic, but I understand. But who murdered him? I do not know, he answered calmly. But Father Brown knows, and as Father Brown says, murder is at least done by the will, free as that wind from the sea. Father Brown is a wonderful person, she said after a pause. He was the only person who ever brightened my existence in any way at all until... Until what? asked Payne, and made a movement almost impetuous, leaning towards her and thrusting away the bronze monster so that it seemed to rock on its pedestal. Well, until you did, she said and smiled again. So was the sleeping palace awakened, and it is no part of this story to describe the stages of its awakening, though much of it had come to pass before the dark of that evening had fallen upon the shore. As Harry Payne strode homewards once more across those dark sands that he had crossed in so many moods, he was at the highest turn of happiness that is given in this mortal life 
and the whole Red Sea within him was at the top of its tide. He would have had no difficulty in picturing all that place again in flower, and the bronze triton bright as a golden god, and the fountain flowing with water or with wine. But all this brightness and blossoming had been unfolded for him by the one word, murder, and it was still a word that he did not understand. He had taken it on trust, and he was not unwise, for he was one of those who have a sense of the sound of truth. 